This is FBG Jen. And FBG Kristen. And I'm FBG Margot, host and producer. You're listening to the podcast that will help you keep a lid on the junk in the trunk and inspire you to live a happy and confident life. Each episode, we chat with motivational experts and celebs and share our own candid adventures in being healthy. If you're looking for a podcast that's equal parts hilarious and enlightening, well then welcome to the Fit Bottomed Girls podcast. Ever wonder why some people can seem to eat well and work out regularly almost effortlessly? Do these people have more willpower? Are they born that way? Are they special? Well, we know how they did it. And it does have something to do with willpower, but not in the way that you think. So get the scoop at fitbottomgirls.com forward slash coaching. Welcome back to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. This is FBG Margo. And on the line today, we have FBG Jen. Hello. And we have FBG Kristen. Hey. Hey, guys. So it's going to be the holiday season when we drop this. And we have an amazing guest today, Bernadette Pleasant. She runs this FEM program. And I want you guys to talk about her a little. I have it in our notes. She's a fiery, sensual speaker, healer, and creator of FEM. Can you guys talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I I, I mean, I don't think I've exactly experienced, unfortunately, her classes, but she gets into this interview as to what she does. And from what I remember, it is a, a mix of a lot of dance and kind of intuitive movement stuff. And then through a lot of those movements, she encourages you to release emotions and whatever she's doing kind of triggers your body to help release emotions along with, I believe, words and phrases and music. And, and, and big emotions, like joyful emotions and, you know, anger and frustration and, and all kinds of stuff. Like she talks really about wanting to create a safe space for you to really process all of that stuff in a group. And it sounds really, really powerful. Yeah, we, we, it was a very emotional episode. I mean, she's really in tune to what she's feeling. And she's really all about making people feel comfortable expressing themselves and being comfortable in your body and being comfortable with the people around you. And like we said, she loves to create a safe space. And I think I wrote in my notes, she kind of reminds me of Lizzo. I've, like, I've, I've had Lizzo on my <laughs> brain for four months now. And I just think like she's with that energy and that warmth is there. And she talks about... Yeah. Crying in workouts. We know there's no crying in baseball, but <laughs> have you ever cried? But maybe there should be. I think there's yeah. oh, there's tons of crying. We know there is. But yes. uh, have you ever cried during a workout? <laughs> of course I have. <laughs> How many times have I cried during a workout? That's the real question. No, I've cried. I've cried in like runs by myself, which, you know, seems like a safe way to process. And then I've cried. I've cried. We talked about the 109 retreat. We've been talking about that um, a number of times. I've, I cried all over the place there um, in yoga. And then the one time that really surprised me, though, because sometimes, you know, like you're already upset about something and maybe you're like going for a run. So it makes sense that then you would, you know, use that time to do that. Um, like oh, my dog passed away. I was like, okay, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go for a walk and yeah, right. duh, I'm going to cry. So that makes sense. But, um, I remember I went to a, a it was a class that was not soul cycle, but kind of had that vibe to it, like group cycling with the music. And I remember the instructor being, like, um, and I wasn't expecting it. I think that's what surprised me the most, but the instructor was like, okay, now, you know, go ahead and like remove, take out, like take out the trash or something. Like, <laughs> 
I don't know how garbage got me to cry, but it was, you know, you know, think about all of like, you know, what you want to leave behind and take out the trash in your life and da 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 and um dark room, loud music and yeah, I was like, okay, uh apparently I'm just going to have a moment over here with myself and it felt it felt really really good, you know, mm-hmm. like especially because in that instance I had I felt like a little bit of privacy. I'm not sure well how I would feel if everyone was like aware, but right. you know, I guess they were one but I wasn't the only one crying. So, yeah. I've had a few yoga classes. It feels good. Yeah. I've had a few yoga classes. Like, you know, yoga, I think it's really welcome there. Uh, if you have the right instructor, you, you'll find all of a sudden you're going to just start feeling feelings in addition to what you're doing. And I've had that happen a few times. And it's, I get a little embarrassed, but you always feel good when it's done. Yeah. yeah. I've had with yoga, like, especially with like a yin class, um, I've had a few times where I've gotten a little, like I've gotten teary, but it, I wouldn't. It, it wasn't like a, a full body cry, you know, but mm-hmm. you know, tears leaked out and I felt feelings. And I, I had one time at, uh, at a dance studio. This was, gosh, I, I think a year or two ago, Jen, I'm pretty sure I called you after. Cause I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> and I was like, Oh, um, you want a somatic release? How exciting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was, um, cause it was a hip hop class and oh, yeah. I was, the song, it's, like I still have it on my running playlist because it clearly <laughs> like it felt very powerful but it was I mean the the song was like because I'm a motherfucking breeze <laughs> and something in me just went and so I'm in the corner you know dancing and if anybody has ever seen me dance I don't do this at 75% like I'm at 180% like all the time and I've got like sobs coming up and my nose is starting to run and I've got tears coming down and it's mixing with the sweat and I'm still just dancing and I'm like I don't understand any of this but I guess I'll just (laughs) roll with it um and I was going through like some stuff in my life so I think it for whatever reason I mean honestly to look at it from the outside that doesn't seem like it's this like really safe welcoming space to (laughs) go in and cry but I guess because I, I didn't know anybody there so who cares and um you know, I was so focused on, on something else that I guess it could just sort of bubble up and, and go. I feel it was, like, it was interesting. I feel like sometimes when it happens during a workout, it almost feels involuntary. Like oh, there's no totally way involuntary. Like, yeah. you can't stop it. You know what I mean? You're like, even if this is a safe or not safe spot, like I can't stop this from happening. Like it's just coming out. And if you reference our, that episode we did with Brad Nelson, of the emotion code. Oh yeah. Like, you know, his whole, his whole gist is, you know, your body stores emotions and memories and all kinds of things. And he has a whole method to like releasing them. But I mean, I remember when I used to, um, I used to do marketing for a local massage therapy school. And that was one of the things they always taught the students, the massage therapy students was, you know, don't be surprised if this happens in a massage that you have someone who's on the table who has this kind of emotional like outburst or just starts crying because as you're massaging the tissues, a lot of times they call it a somatic release. Um, A lot of times like something will be involuntarily released or maybe voluntarily on a subconscious level. And then you start crying. And I've had that in massage as well, like out of nowhere. And if you, if you're not aware of it, you're like, what the hell is happening to me right now? Right. It's, it's like just something your body 
your body does. Yeah. Yeah. And, and especially if you're in movement and your body's just trying to like move things around. I remember when my mom, I took care of my mother when she was sick. Um, and I used to take when I didn't want to cry in front of her cause I just, you know, I just, I never wanted to yeah. do that. So I right. would take the dog for walks and that was my time. And usually about halfway through, the tears would start falling. And then by the time, and my mother lived in northern Nevada by the Sierra Mountains. It was like the most beautiful yeah. surroundings. And I felt very safe because no one was there. It's the desert. And it was like, that was the way. But I would just, I start walking a few steps and I could just feel it building up. And then by the time I got home, I was like, okay, I'm good. So. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Really. You, yeah. you know what else is beautiful? What? Our fans. The ones they that, are they really are you guys you this is the first one we have some reviews from itunes and the first one just says inspiring you inspire us by the way you guys like we are we're so happy to do this and this is from song me up from the u.s these girls are fun knowledgeable and inspirational i always look forward to listening to them along with their wonderful guests and then here's another one listen learn and be empowered and this is from fhb in denmark uh, cool. Just brilliant, warm, friendly, encouraging. I always feel more positive about fitness and life listening to these podcasts. So thank you so much, you guys. And if you could do that for us, if you're in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, if you can leave a review, that would be awesome. We also have stickers, and our yes. stickers are rad. So they look really cute on your water bottle. So if you want some stickers, please send us an email, podcast at fitbottomgirls.com. We'll drop them in the mail for you. You can follow us at all of the places at Fit Bottom Girls on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter, I'm sorry, uh, YouTube, Pinterest, all there. And I say, let's go right into our very, get ready, you guys. It's going to be an emotional interview with Bernadette Pleasant of Femme. In as little as 30 minutes, you can boost your willpower and find your true inner motivation to live a healthy life. Come join the Fit Bottom Revolution at fitbottomgirls.com forward slash coaching and sign up for our online class, How to Amplify Your Willpower to Make Healthy Change. It's only $8 and you can save 20% when you use the code FBGPODCAST. So sign up at fitbottomgirls.com forward slash coaching today. Intoxicating and energetic, Bernadette Pleasant is a fiery, sensual speaker, somatic healer, and creator of FEM, a mind-body wellness program. She has spent a lifetime exploring creative visualizations and celebrations of the human form from sensual dance to somatic healing. A gifted healer, dancer, and entrepreneur, she channels her personal journeys and her radical empathy into transformative, immersive experiences that empower and celebrate people of all genders, ages, sizes, and fitness levels. Bernadette travels globally, empowering all through classes, private workshops, retreats, and conference engagements. Bernadette is also a woman of color who comes from a long line of natural healers who have used touch and movement to help others find peace, empowerment, and wellness. Her classrooms welcome without judgment and support participants' path to finding comfort in their own skin. Welcome to the show, Bernadette. Welcome to the show, Bernadette. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you for coming on the show. This is FBG Margo, and on the line today we have FBG Jen, and we have FBG Kristen. So I'm going to get right into it. Please tell our audience 
about the fusion movement, which you created, FEM. FEM is a beautiful 90-minute experience where we heal through movement. Literally, it's, it's, uh, the healing is sort of snuck in there. Many people feel like it's a dance class, even though I do not teach dance. What I do is create a space where release work can be done through sound and movement. Um, we, at the heart of the class, we do what's called the emotional tour. And during the emotional tour, I call it that because we get stuck in no one destination and because I'm their tour guide. And during that tour, which is put together really to take care of people emotionally, what we do is encourage sound, movement, and expression, looking at emotion, which is something that I've found is very difficult to do. So to really express joy, to really express grief, rage, confidence, whatever it is, not holding back, but to really allow yourself to go there and express these emotions without holding back because I feel like we live lives holding back all the time. And as a result of that, there are lots of issues that come up with us physically and um, as it pertains to how, how we live emotionally in our daily lives. And so this, this 90 minute experience really takes people on a journey of relief and expression so I'm interested in, and this is kind of a two-part question. So in the 90 minutes, you talked about dance, you talked about this emotion work, um, kind of experiencing things, kind of letting go. Are you, is it 90 minutes of movement? Is it meditation? Take us through that. And then I also want to know, like, how this idea for this class came about, like, where, where are the beginnings of it, the genesis, I guess. Okay. Thanks so much. First of all, I'm going to, I'm going to take you through a 90 minute experience. It's built on a heart rate system, which means we start slow. Uh, if you can imagine, you know, one of those heart rate things, it sort of starts at the base, works to the peak and then comes back down. So the class is built like that as well. So you step into the class. I generally begin my classes in silence. I do that because I really want to take advantage of the full 90 minutes. And I also want to set the tone for safety. A lot of times chatter is uh, nervous chatter uh, um, is something that we're accustomed to doing because of not feeling safe and, and not knowing what's coming. But what I like to do is people come into the sound of drums playing. The drums are playing grounding, soothing music. Drums are the first sound we ever heard. This is a live drums. I use African drums, and it is it is a very soft setting. I invite those who are walking into the class to begin to stretch and leave what they don't need. Come into this space. We then go into an exercise of hugging, and this is a consent. You know, we're and it's an invitation if people are feeling like it. It is, it is uncomfortable. I'm aware of that. And it is needed. I am very aware of that. Um, and it's an exercise where I encourage people to have connection with someone if they are feeling 
that. And if they're not, to acknowledge that as well. And that's perfect. We do a, a warm up, which is just to prepare the body for movement. In that it is not a dance class. I am not teaching dance. I am actually showing them how to move their joints and warm up to the space and drop into their bodies. Um, and this, this is also necessary to take care of themselves because moving to drums can actually be very strenuous. People need to prepare their bodies for that. So once that portion of class, and this all happens in, in great flow, if I do say so myself, but then we go into what's called the emotional tour. And during that time, um, I describe what this is. The emotional tour is designed with them in mind to take care of them both emotionally and physically. And this is where they are encouraged to act out the emotion, the emotion of joy. What does it move like in your hands, um, in your feet? What does it move like in your belly and heart? How do you move joy? How do you get sound to that? After this movement and, and expression, we then move into other emotions, uh, grief, rage, desires, or lust, like what does it want to, to want and desire something without being feeling like you have to hold back, like that's too much. But what is it like to really feel into this? Oftentimes, I refer to what, what it's like as children before shutdown, before there is shame around desiring something or expressing an emotion. Before that happens, you had all of this life in you. You had all of this possibility without wondering what it looked like, what it sounded like. And we continue to go on this emotional tour. The emotional tour takes about 20 minutes. It's actually not a very long part of class. However, it is um, the peak of class because this is where the release work is, is being done. And after that, we, we move, move into a, a drum circle and then we close in a meditation and, and, and then frames of the class. It is really important to digest the experience. So we do that before uh, leaving the class. Why I created it was because I personally felt emotionally shut down. I see it all the time. It happens Everywhere I look, I often start with an experience when I, when I think of, you know, why this began, I always go back to an experience and it was me winning an award in high school. And I was completely the underdog, truly not expected to, to win a class president and ran against who was considered, who was certainly was the most popular girl in, in school. And I was so filled with joy and excited about this win. And I ran home with tears in my eyes, excited, skipping, jumping all the way. And then I got home and I walked into the house and I did what I call emotional calculation. It's something we do all the time. Like, can I bring all this energy or whatever it is, whether it's our joy or grief or anything. But I, I walked into the house and I could feel the energy was heavy. My mother, who I so wanted to share this experience with, was having 
what was very typical at that time, a grief filled day. My mom suffered with depression. And I knew in that moment that the joy that I came home that I so desperately wanted to share was not going to be received. And I didn't risk taking her higher because it was just easier to shrink, to put spanks, I call them like spanks on my emotion. And I didn't share my joy. When she asked how was my day, she really asked very half-heartedly. And I didn't take that risk. But I also noticed that wasn't happening just with joy. I wasn't willing to be, when I was angry about something, I had to stifle that somehow. When I was, when I was sad about something, I was debating whether I could have my tears or had time for my grief. So what was happening was there's, there's a shutdown and it wasn't just happening for me. I saw it happening all over the place. And so this body of work sort of came about because as I started to heal, after I just, after I decided I want to take up more space, I don't like living like this. I'm not okay with this. I'm a lot more, I, I have a lot more expression in me and I'm worried about how it's going to look and worried about how other people are going to receive it. I don't want to be too much. And I just thought that's not how I choose to live. And that's not how I, the society that I want around me. And so this body of work started to be created. And it wasn't like I sat down with a business plan. I didn't sit there and say, okay, I want to create a body of work. What I did was notice that when I moved and danced, there was freedom in my body. When I heard live drums, there was a journey I went on emotionally and physically that was, it, it, it's, it, it allowed me to get out of my head and stop judging what something looked like. It brought about this freedom. And so it, it was a combination of different things that were really working for me that caused you know, that was the impetus for this to begin. And that's how it started. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. What an incredible story. Um, so I, I can certainly see why creating a, a safe space like this for people to come in and express their emotions is, is really important and really personal for you. So I, I wonder what advice you might have, because, you know, we're, we've got listeners all over the U.S. and really all over the world, if they're coming home to a situation like that or if they find that, you know, their friends are not there to, to receive their joy or support their grief, sure. do you have any advice for them if they're not able to, you know, to come and spend 90 minutes with you? What yes. are some other things that maybe they could, they could do to, um, to create their own safe space? Well, I'm happy to say that I have almost 70 teachers now that where this is happening throughout the U.S. and, and internationally. Wonderful. So, so, so that's possible elsewhere. And taking that check in. Okay, so, so this, it never feels good to put Spanx on either physically or emotionally, but it just never feels good. It might be something we do but it, it never feels good to stifle or curtail ourselves. So what's the risk of doing something different? Really asking the question, 
of, of, of how can I take a baby step towards doing something different and what might this allow? I'll, I'll give an example. Grief. So often, for so many reasons, no one wants to be that person who's down all the time. And we go to the extremes. You know, the difference between saying I'm sad or just admitting that rather than saying I'm fine, I'm okay, um, I'm good. You know, these, these are things that have become so the norm. But to just admit to oneself or to another that, you know, what I'm really feeling right now is, is sad. You won't, you won't live there. You, you don't have to decide that sad is my state of being for the rest of my days. It's just an acknowledgement that this emotion is real. It, there is so much honesty shared in that moment when you admit that to yourselves or to another. And what it does is it gives another person the opportunity to say, you know, I Today I'm feeling sad too, or or next week. Rather than stifle that, it allows for us to start being real people as opposed to on automatic pilot and always being okay and fine and, and less than who we really are. I often talk about how emotions to me are like weather. It's not going to always be raining. It's not going to always be snowing. We have, we have examples of, of, of weather and seasons. And so, and so, you know, sometimes there's a tsunami or an earthquake. So just realizing, acknowledging that whatever weather you're experiencing, that it's okay and it's okay to share that. It's okay to have the tears. We're built for it, quite honestly. Can you talk about some of your most memorable femme classes and experiences? Absolutely. The most memorable. There's so many, but I, and, and, and all aren't, you know, there's no way of measuring, but I can recall you never know what people are going through. You just never know. Uh, there's a woman who, she was of, of um, Asian descent, and she said to me after class one day, and this, she was in her, I'd say, early 40s, and she said, you know, in my culture, it is really frowned upon to express emotion. She, when she was six, that her, do, her father died, and she burst into tears, and her mother told her to stifle it. What she said happened since then was that whenever she felt grief around anything, she would tell herself to stifle it. And that's what she did. And she said, so here I am in this class and you asked us just for a few minutes to acknowledge if there was grief in our bodies. You know, what color is it? Where do you feel it in your body? Give it sound. Which are the things we do on the emotional tour? And she said, and I felt like I cried for my father for the first time. But I didn't get stuck there because I moved on and we have tools in between the emotions, like shaking to reset the nervous system and, and move on. So it, it really is. And, and, and the fact that the body is in movement all the time and that the drums are supporting the different emotions, it, it's all put together 
to take care of people uh, as they go on this tour. And so I, I was just, I loved her share so much. Um, I, I just, you know, just that, that vulnerable share that I can have these tears. I can, I can acknowledge that grief that of losing my father and not being able to cry, but also the way she began to live her life as a result of that, that, you know, the shame that was built around having tears. And I'm sure that when her mom said that to her, that wasn't her necessarily her intention, but that was the way she dealt with emotion. So it just gets carried on and on and on. That's incredible. So a lot of this idea is that, correct me if I'm wrong, you basically, you create a safe space to process emotions and, and I know we did another episode on this. Um, Margo and I talked to the guy that wrote the, uh, Dr. Bradley Nelson that wrote the emotion code. That's oh, yeah. like, uh-huh. yeah, the you know, emotions are stored yeah. in the body and you can release them. So, I mean, you through like all of these different practices and, you know, movement and creating the space, you know, you are allowing people to literally release and, and, and move those. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I find the movement yeah. part very important. Yeah. It, because your body. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I love the idea and it's fascinating about what's possible. And, and I think, you know, great teachers are now teaching and then including movement in because that is how, you know, it's one thing to sit at a desk and, 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 and learn something or to open a book and, and read and really take in great information. But if you are doing the mo- movement while you're taking it in, it gets in, it, it, it sort of affects you on a cellular level because you are, you're, you're learning dimensionally. I think uh, it's interesting how the different ways of taking in information an Ayurvedic teaching is that we are always eating. So eating isn't just putting food in our mouth, literal food in our mouth. That eating is what you see because you, you are taking that in, you're imbibing sight. You're listening and hearing, you're imbibing sound. So that is, that is a sense eating touch is, is, is imbibing through that sense so to layer the layer the experience um allows us to not only get the head knowledge but you get it in your body uh during the emotional tour i am i just choose different emotions right now um as we're speaking but i think about i'm going to think about anger or rage and how that might get reduced to, you know, an eye roll or something when there's a little bit more there, you know, and, and I, I'm not, I'm not promoting road rage. What I'm promoting is that there needs to be a space where you can say, I am angry. I am pissed off about that, where you might need to give it sound. So often when we are experienced high, heightened emotions, um, and I say heightened because I don't believe they're good or bad light or dark emotions, just emotions that need to be fully expressed so we're not dragging them around with us for eternity. They need to be looked at and acknowledged. So if you say, I'm really angry right now, and you just acknowledge what that feels like, find a way to safely, uh, whether it's beating a pillow, 
yelling, <laughs> you know, whatever that needs to be done, allow that to happen so that that's not sitting in your body and then you're becoming, that it comes out sideways because it will come out. It's just that it'll, it'll come out in, you know, being um, bitter, um, you know, and then someone bumps into you and they catch all hell because you're angry about something from last week that was never expressed or you're, or, or you're, you're, you're not sleeping well or you're, you're not um, digesting well. It, it will have its effect on the body. So it is important to move the body, give sound to it, um, and acknowledge whatever the emotion is. Gosh, that's so true. I'm wondering, you know, I'm picturing this class and I'm picturing people coming in and, you know, letting their guard down and, and all of that, which sounds amazing. But for someone who struggles a bit with, um, sure. with allowing themselves to be vulnerable, that also sounds really scary. It is. Um, yeah. So I'm wondering if you could talk maybe a little bit more about the difference between being like truly emotionally shut down and maybe just feeling a little bit more private, a little more guarded and, and how that experience in your class can work for people at, you know, who, who do come in with that struggle? Because I'm, I'm that person. Jen knows this. We go in, she's ready to hug everybody. Um, (laughs) I go in and I I just want to watch for a little bit and, you know, you know, I'm, I'm there to support. But it's I, and I love that join. I I love that all of the range is, is right here and and it's so perfect. So whether someone and I don't I don't encourage people to come to class and just watch because that's of course is kind of strange for those who are really involved. However, there's no measure, and this is something that I remind those in the class with all the time. Whether you move a hair or 26 miles you're doing fantastic. Whether you are able to truly move something that needs to be moved out of your body in a particular emotion, or you stay present in the classroom and hear others do it. It's all the work is being done. So there's no measure. There's no everyone has to do this. It is perfect wherever you are in your journey. So it's, you know, whether you're able to take a deeper breath or yell, it's all perfect. It's where you are in this particular moment. There's no judgment in in the class. And I often say that means you can't judge yourself because that's where the judgment begins. Oh, that's really good. You can go back to judging. But right here in this space, we're not going to do it. Well, Well, talking about that, you're also, you're very size inclusive. So can you talk about your best tips for learning how to love yourself no matter what size you are, you know, when you show up? I think that it is important. It is, it's very important to learn. To, and I say learning because I don't know that anybody ever gets there. And even if they have moments when they're like, I love me, you know, give it a few hours. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, there'll be something that comes up. And, and just, you know, acknowledging that, you know, today I'm not having, you know, the, the, the best love affair with, with myself. Um, but, it, but even that won't last. It won't last. 
I think we just need to flirt with ourselves a little bit more and just sort of like have fun with the fact that, oh, I see, I'm, I'm cranky. Listen, I woke up today feeling 53 and hot flashing. That does not feel good. It just doesn't. Um, and I've heard people say lots of beautiful things around, you know, what it's like to have a hot flash. I personally just was having a hot flash. And it did not feel good. I, I don't want to call it a personal summer. I don't want to call it a, you name it. It was hot, sweaty, and nasty. And I did not like it. Um, not one bit. And it doesn't necessarily make me feel good. But it it is who I am. There's nothing I can change. And I don't, I don't really want to because I'm not, I, I'm, 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 I'm good with me. I'm happy in the skin that I'm in. And when I welcome folks into that classroom, I just, I, I love that people are willing to take a chance on something to give themselves the gift of freedom. I get a lot of people call, oh, I want to come to your class because, you're, uh, because I'm a dancer. I'm like, you know, it's really not for dancers. It's, it's, not for, it's great if you are a dancer, but more than that, you're, you are a human with emotions, and this is just a way of expressing that. that I, you know, just, just yeah, I, 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 I welcome all shapes, sizes, genders, all of it. Just if you've got emotions, come. <laughs> So I'm curious, because I know Margot teaches group exercise classes, I've taught, Kristen's done some instruction, and there is a unique role when you are leading a group of people through anything, really, of which, um, I'm just interested in your take on this, I, I feel like sometimes, you know, you you have to be authentic and kind of, you know, vulnerable yourself, but you still, I mean, can't have your own just experience because you're you're leading their experience. So how do you... How do you how do you do that when you're the one teaching and then like do you take your own class with somebody else teaching it? I, or how's yeah, that work? I think to the extent you know, I don't I rarely get to be student that way, but you know, and you're you're so right, as a leader, you can't go on the ride. You're providing the ride. You right. Know? Um, if we were, you know, jumping on the Ferris wheel and the, and the guy who was taking our tickets jumped on too, you would wonder who's running this show. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so, so by all means, it is, it is important to provide the container to, to, to oversee it and, and make sure, because there's a lot going on um, in my classes, you know, with, with different people. Uh so I, I am there to facilitate. Uh, it is important that I give myself, pour in a lot so that I can be full and, and not depleted emotionally for this. So I'm able to go on the journey a little bit in that I am providing the example. I mean, I am the example of these things while I'm, while I'm facilitating. However, I can't, I, I can't, I'm not a student in those moments. So it is important for me in practices that I have uh, that allow for that. So I, I, I do take other movement classes. I, I love being student. And I think because I feel so connected to honest expression for myself, I take those classes fully. <laughs> so if, if they are, if there's something, most of my classes tend to be something surrounding dance, meditation, or yoga, um, because I just love 
those things. But even the way I live, I live my my life more fully expressed. I am conscious of whether I'm going into automatic, which can, you know, we, we're humans. We, we can do that. Um, or, or it's like, oh, wait a minute. I, I, I teach to do better. So I need to catch myself sometimes. And I do that. Well, speaking of, of classes, you know, you mentioned that you have teachers all over the U.S. and all over the world. And so I'm wondering if you could um, tell our listeners a little bit about where they can find information on that and more on you on the web and social media. Gladly. We are we're close to 70 instructors now. Uh, I have some in the, in the um, they're spread out around the U.S., some recent ones in Salt Lake City and Sedona, but all of, and, and there are quite a few in California, various parts of California and the DMV area, but I, the website, LiveFem, L-I-V-E-F-E-M-M-E, lists not only my monthly classes in New York City, I, I teach once a month there, and otherwise I'm doing workshops and, and traveling and, and teaching, but um, that's that's where all the information is. We're on Instagram and Facebook at LiveFem, and and that that will you know connect folks to what's happening, whether it's a 90-minute experience or one of the full-day uh, emotion emotion workshops that I offer periodically. I also do retreats, and we we plan a retreat every so often and those are just a beautiful immersion in this work and it's not all movement you know there are lots of exercises in between it's it's actually for anybody who really wants to take a look at at that and have some fun and dance and move while choosing to do something different emotionally with their emotions so do you guys have any other questions for her I think I'm good for last question, if you are. What was the last song you listened to before you did this podcast interview? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I will tell you. Oh, I love this question. Um, It was by Excision, which means it was loud and bold and crazy. And um, what's the name of the song? Good Lord. I guess to it all. I'm looking. Look at me. I'm running to. Spotify. What's that song? I just did. <laughs> That's what makes this question so fun. <laughs> no, I, Everyone I, always it, goes it to Spotify. Like that is always I, I the thing. It's, it's, like, it's so funny. I'm like, wait, I'm on the phone. I can't look at it. Um, yep, like, right, yep. Uh, X-rated by Excision. Oh, that sounds Ooh. great. It's, it's, wow. It's a big <laughs> one. <laughs> this song is so crazy and wild and strong and powerful and I, I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> I, so, I love that I didn't. <laughs> I, I have a, a related. About that one. I'm like, oh, dear. I wish it was something that was. Well, no, I don't. Actually, I don't. It, that's what it was. Well, it, that actually makes me. It brings to mind a related question, um, just because I know that you use the, the live, um, you know, live drums oh. in your class. But do you have any, you know, speaking of Spotify, do you have any mm-hmm. like amazing African drum type playlists or artists who you go to to kind of get that feeling? I do. Um, my one of my favorites is Bob Holroyd, who who just 
nails it for me because he has everything from something slow and beautiful and melodic to something that is just roaring and powerful and bold. Um, he has a song called African Drug that is an all-time staple for me. I prefer to use the drums, and many times I do, but there are places that, you know, for whatever reason, I was just teaching at a retreat center, and they asked me to teach at 7 in the morning on the beach. Um, but it was a retreat center. They had plenty of other people staying there who are not there for my class. And so I couldn't use drums. So sometimes I have to use, um, you know, what I call pipe music. And, and so uh, my preference is the drums, but can't always use them. Well, we're on awesome. Spotify, by the way. I'm about to find that out. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we have yeah, we're not singing, or... just the show is. Yeah, and we have playlists. Oh, playlists. <laughs> playlist and our show is on there. <laughs> That's awesome. We know our strengths. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. Love this show? Tell us why in a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read it on the air. Also, make sure you are a subscriber. If you want to reach out to say hi or have a question about a recent episode, yay, well, feel free to email us at podcast at fitfoundgirls.com. And if this podcast jives perfectly with your brand, consider sponsoring the show. Get more info by emailing advertising at fitbottomgirls.com. Find all kinds of Fit Bottom goodness online and on social media at Fit Bottom Girls, Fit Bottom Mamas, Fit Bottom Eats, and Fit Bottom Zen. And if books and movies are your thing, check out the other podcast I co-host called Book vs. Movie, which you can find anywhere where you search for podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.